Hello, I'm Hilary Walker, Associate Pastor of Oxford Bible Church. I wanted to continue sharing with you about um, inner purity is outer power. As I said last week that um, God is wanting to pour his manifested power through us. But to be a channel for that, our hearts have to be pure towards the Lord. And the scripture says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over the face of the earth, seeking whom he may show himself strong. And so uh, I asked you last time, are you an inner Christian or an outer Christian? What is going on inside you? And our scripture for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail, human vessels of the earth so that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. In other words, we possess this treasure in an earthen vessel. What is a treasure? I looked up in the dictionary and it said anything which is much valued, highly valued. And to treasure something is to value greatly. So we have a treasure that's been deposited on the inside of us, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should value him highly. The Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. He is the treasure. And we should value him and his ministry to us highly. We are the earthen vessels, and I'm sure that many of us, we are so aware that we are vessels of clay. But God understands that. He knows what he was doing when he put his treasure in earthen vessels. And this treasure in us is the light of the gospel. It's the presence of Almighty God, the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, it's not out there in physical things. He said, the kingdom is not food and drink, Clothes, I put this in, not clothes and jewelry and fame and fortune and popularity and celebrity status and career. But the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. These are the things that we are supposed to be full of. We're not supposed to be full of worry, fear, anxiety, judgment, anger, wrath, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, despair, hopelessness, frustration, misery, and torment. However, we are supposed to be full of thinking of ways on how to be a blessing to other people. I would love to ask you, when you wake up in the morning, do you wake up and think, good morning, Lord, good morning, how can you, I would love you to use me, Lord. How can I be a blessing to those around me? I must confess, on some days when, you know, you've had, you've worked late and then you have to go on an early shift and you think, oh, Lord, just give me the strength and get out of bed. Lord, please do this for me. Oh, Lord, please do that for me. And I have been very much on my mind, particularly if I'm tired when I have to get up. And I repented of that. And I do wake up and I make myself say, Lord, thank you for bringing me safely through the night. I want to do your will today. 
please make me a blessing to other people. And he does. He answers that prayer very quickly. We're supposed to be full of prayer. We're supposed to be full of thinking and chewing on and meditating on the word of God. You see, in a computer, if you put rubbish in, um, you'll get rubbish out. And we need to sow the word of God into our lives so that that which is good and holy will come out into our lives. The psalmist says in Psalm 19, verse 14, Oh God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength, my rock, and my redeemer. Literally, it says, let what I speak and what my heart murmurs to itself be a delight to you, O oh Lord. Because Jesus said, what the heart is full of, the mouth will speak. And when we speak out, other people hear us. Are we a blessing to other people? Or are we a cursing to other people? Do we bless others or do we pull them down with the words of our mouth? And so I want to challenge each and every one of you as well as myself to pray this prayer every day. I'm going to have it put up on the screen. Oh God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight O oh Lord, my strength, my rock, and my redeemer, may what I speak and what my heart murmurs to itself be a delight to you, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray that several times a day. Now, the meditation of your heart. That's what you're thinking of when you're doing the washing up, when you're waiting for a bus. Um, when you may be ironing, you may be doing your hair, ladies, when you're putting your makeup on, what are you thinking? Ask the Lord to show you what you're thinking when you're doing these various things that we almost do on an automatic pilot. You can catch yourself thinking the daftest, goofiest, most carnal things when you're doing chores. You see, we need not to let that go on um, and think it doesn't matter because actually it does, it's spoiling our life, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And so every time you catch yourself thinking silly, stupid, negative thoughts about yourself, about others, about your spouse, you need to say, no, 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 I have a better choice. Then say, Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to you, and to your love. And then ask the Father, Father, what am I full of right now? And he will show you, and it will bless you, and it will set you free. Um, someone once said, some people are too concerned with the earthen vessel, this body, and what it needs. Um, you see, my flesh, it loves to eat, it loves to sleep, um, and it loves to have everything its own way. That's not actually what God wants for us. But my spirit man is not happy with that. And you can feel really scratchy inside when you're giving way to your flesh. Um, God didn't make us to be happy doing fleshly things. And so we get very upset with our earthen vessel and we try um, to make everything right for it. And it's never going to be right for it. 
we need to be more concerned about the treasure that's on the inside. Um, now, for, it's in the room that I'm in. There's some lovely pictures on the wall. Now, when I come in, I actually look at the picture, not at the frame. You, you notice the frame, but your eyes are drawn to the picture. So our eyes should be drawn to the treasure on the inside. When people meet us, when they fellowship with us, they should be drawn to the treasure, not the earthen vessel um, which contains it. And the treasure is the spirit of the Lord within us. And I honestly think that majority of us, if we're honest, we spend far too much time thinking about ourselves and more time than we do thinking about God. Early in the morning, oh, early in the morning, I know I've touched on this. And um, for me, early in the morning can be a temptation, even before I've got my eyes open, to be utterly, utterly selfish. And so um, I've called temptation the early morning personal test. Um, T-E-M-P-T, tempt. What do you think about the moment you wake up? Are you full of God and what you can do for him? Are you full of thanksgiving and worship of him or are you full of yourself? When we spend more time thinking about ourselves than we do about the Lord and others, it's called self-centeredness or selfishness. And did you know what the dictionary definition of self is? Me. Me. We are more concerned and preoccupied with me, the earthen vessel. But don't get condemned. God reveals to heal. He doesn't condemn us. As I said earlier, God knew what he was doing when he put his treasure in earthen vessels. He did know what he was getting when he chose me, when he chose you. We are no surprise to God. He loves us. He loves us. He, he is changing us and he's leading us from glory to glory, from, you know, change from glory to glory. Um, but he does want us um, to be obedient to his Holy Spirit and to change. We must be very serious with God about everything he brings to you as light, as everything he brings to me as light or correction. Take it seriously because... God wants to do business with us. God wants to use us in a way maybe that we've never been used before. As I gave the illustration of my hosepipe that had got, um, somehow leaves had got into it and it was all clogged up and only a little trickle of water would come out when in fact there was plenty of water at the source and there was plenty of power but it was clogged. And God wants our hearts to be faithful towards him so that his power can be released in our behalf. And if the Holy Spirit is nudging you to do something and you feel that sort of that green light, go do what he's telling you to do. And also if there's something practical that you ought to do, let's say for instance your tax return, or as I said like mopping something up off the floor or moving something, that looks dangerous out of your corner of your eye, go do it because he wants to keep you safe. And he's very, very practical, is the wonderful Holy Spirit. Um, to get back to the scripture, that God has put his treasure in an earthen vessel. Now, why, why, why on earth has God um, put this wonderful, precious treasure in an earthen vessel? 
Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 tells us, we possess this treasure in earthen vessels so that the grandeur and the exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves so that we cannot boast. It's very bad for us to boast about ourselves. We want to boast in God. And then the wonderful Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, here he's saying that we are, um, we are hard-pressed on every side. We're hedged in, pressed in, cramped and crushed. He's talking about um, the outer life. Um, and then he goes on to say, yet not crushed. We're pressed in, but we're not crushed. The outer life, we're, we're pressed in. The inner life, we have the joy of the Lord. We are perplexed on the outside, but we're not in despair on the inside. We are persecuted. Yes, there's all this persecution. Friends have turned against us. And yet on the inside, we know that we're not forsaken because faithful is he who dwells within us. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Outside can be terrible circumstances. You can feel there's no way out. But God is a God who makes a way where there is no way. He's a miracle-working God. But we're not driven to despair. On the outside, betrayed, persecuted, hard-driven, friends deserting you, people criticizing you, people judging you and condemning you. But on the inside, you don't have to feel deserted. As Paul said, I do not feel deserted, nor am I standing alone. Beloved, you are not alone. God is in you and God is for you and God is on your side. We look too much at our trouble. It's like we can look at a magnifying glass. We look at all the trouble and then God looks really tiny. But we need to look at who is living on the inside of us. Jesus. We're in contact too much with the world. You know, with the television. We are bombarded by all these images. And so often, particularly Christians, when we watch television, it can be what we're really tired and we, we just sit down. It's a very dangerous moment because we're very passive. Without realizing, we're taking all these negative things into us and they're hurting our spiritual life. And I'm not saying don't look at television, but we do need to be a bit more picky, choosy. We need to say, would Jesus be looking at this? So we're in contact too much with the world and not enough in contact with God. God is waiting for us to contact him. He's not hiding somewhere. He hasn't um, put his phone on answer machine. He hasn't turned it off. God is always available 24 hours a day, every day of our lives. So God is waiting for us to contact him. And it's not like, oh, about time you phoned me, about time you contacted me. No, this wonderful picture, it's called the prodigal son, but prodigal means extravagant, um, abundant, over the top, as it were. It really should be used to describe the father in the father's love, the prodigal, I like to call it the prodigal father. The son's gone off, he's um, spent all the money, and he's had a terrible life, he's, he's had a riotous living, and all his so-called friends have deserted him. He comes to himself when he's in the pigsty, and he says, I'll go to my father. And it says that while he is a long while off, the father sees him and runs to him. The father must have been looking for him day after day. Where is my son? Searching the horizon, looking for him a long way off. 
and he's looking for you and you may feel you're a long way off but he's waiting for you just to turn just a little bit of a turn to come back to him and he runs to you and like the prodigal father he flung his arms around his son son and it says that he kissed him and kissed him and kissed him and he celebrated and he called the servants and bring the best robe and a ring and shoes and let's celebrate and kill the fatted calf God is waiting for you not with criticism but with love and so God is waiting for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 therefore we do not lose heart we don't become discouraged utterly spiritless weary exhausted and worn out through fear you know you can get worn out through fear and we can become exhausted we feel lifeless our head hangs down from all our troubles but you see Jesus is our burden bearer and he lives within us and he wants to carry them he doesn't want you to carry them though our outer man is decaying and as I've got older I've discovered that you know lumpy bumpy dimply bits and you know you sort of sag in places that you wish you didn't sag in but the inner man is being progressively renewed day by day and I can honestly say that I inside I feel younger than I was 30 years ago and so there are two different parts we have the outer part with the inner part and it's so easy just to become interested you know in this physical body and the things that affect us and I remember the Lord showed me I, I used the Lord rather like you know they call the genie in the bottle you'd rub the bottle and give you three wishes you know and the genie is supposed to do what you tell it to do and the Lord um, convicted me on this uh, but he's always so kind when he does it you think oh Lord thank you so much for showing me that I was um, fix this Lord um, please make this go away um, do that for me and bring this to me and do this for my brother and do this for so and so and um, get rid of that and remove this colleague who's um, you know really distressing me and um, I was telling God what to do until the Holy Spirit um, as it were flashed the red light and you see we shouldn't tell God what to do we ought to be asking him what he wants us to do so when we wake up in the morning let's determine to say Lord what do you want me to do for you how can I be a blessing to you and I would ask you another another question am I more interested in my outer life or my inner life my outer life is my reputation with other people am I more concerned about that am I more concerned about pleasing people than I am about pleasing God am I more concerned about my reputation with God than I am with my reputation with people because we can look fine on the outside and people oh, what a wonderful person oh very spiritual but actually we could be full of dead men's bones what is our heart like towards God as I said earlier in this hour of desperate need in this country God is looking for a people who will be utterly utterly serious with him time is running out we had a, um, a prayer seminar at our church at the beginning of um, the year 
And what the Lord said to me was Church Awake in 2008. I normally don't get those um, little things, but it really was very urgent. Church Awake in 2008. We have to be serious with God. We have to take his correction seriously. We have to do the things that he tells us to do. It's his, really, it's a command. It's not a suggestion, really, from the Lord. And we need to be serious, even as um, someone in the army has to be very serious. Their life depends on it when they go to Iraq and Afghanistan. They have to be serious about what they're doing. Um, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, um, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The Lord Jesus has enlisted us as his soldiers. And rather than entangling himself in civilian matters, a soldier must dedicate himself wholeheartedly to the business of soldiery. And in likewise, the kingdom of heaven must have our full attention. And verse 5, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he um, competes according to the rules. And the rewards for Christian service are actually based on our faithfulness to the Lord. There was a lovely piece on the news um, several weeks ago. I wish I remembered the young man. Um, but he is training for the Olympics in Beijing. And he's, he looked only about 11 years old. Obviously, he's still at school. And he's a tremendous, wonderful diver. And I was absolutely amazed that from Monday to Friday, he still goes to school same school time as everyone else. He still has to do homework, but he spends three hours training Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday, he spends six hours each day training. That's a tremendous commitment for a reward, for a medal that, um, you know, it, it, it will be destroyed eventually. But we are, God has an eternal reward for us. And honestly, I would say, how much of our time do we give to God? Not just with half an eye to God and, and something else, but as it were, face to face with God, how much time do we give him? How much time do we give him to speak to us? God has given us 24 hours in the day, and 10% of that um, is about 2 hours, 40 minutes, every day, undivided attention for the Lord. Um, do we do that? Don't get condemned. Let's work up to it. And if I'm told, I don't understand computers really, but I'm told that if you want to download a, a long document, it takes time. God wants to talk to us. God wants to speak to us. God wants to give us details for our lives. But if we only give a fraction of a second, we're not giving him time to communicate with us all that he wants to. And so we need to give first place to praying in the Spirit, to reading the Word of God. You know, we can train this flesh um, to be addicted, as it were, to the Word of God, to be, as it were, addicted to the presence of God, rather than addicted to chocolate and television and shopping and other things. Let's be addicted to the Word of God and to the presence of God. 
in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, um, Jesus is speaking, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Lo, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. This is to believers. These are, this is a message to those who belong to Jesus. He's saying, I'm knocking at the door. Please let me in. And he will sup with us. That's covenant. He's in covenant with us, never to be broken. He's faithful, covenant-keeping God. We may be unfaithful, but he will never be unfaithful. And as Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. He's saying, please, may I come in and clean house? My mommy, whenever we had a new cleaner, uh, she would spring clean the house. And my father said, what on earth are you doing this for? We have a cleaner coming. And she said, I can't let her see the place like this. And honestly, every time the cleaner was coming, mummy would clean. We don't have to do that. Jesus says, let me come in now and clean house. Will you let the Lord come in and clean house? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, come in, clean my house. Purify me, Lord. Burn up the dross and the rubbish that I might be pure and holy and useful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.